What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Beyond the Buckle. Today, we sat down with Aman the Kid. Now, Aman has such a great backstory because this guy has moved literally from one side of the world almost to the other. He originally lived in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and now he lives over here in Melbourne in Australia. He he basically moved to pursue his career, and that takes a lot of guts at such a young age. And I really wanted to get him on today to kind of tell his story, because at such a young age, he's had such a great career already, I feel, and he's literally gone toe-to-toe with some of the top stars in the Australian scene, and he also goes head-to-head with someone who is massive on the international scene quite a lot, which we do discuss in this podcast. So I'm not going to sit here and ramble on forever. You guys know the drill. We're going to get straight into it. Here's our chat with Aman the Kid. Alrighty guys, today I am so excited to have this guy on the podcast. He has been willing to come on and I I couldn't be more stoked to be interviewing him. I've been a massive fan of his work for a while and I think you guys will be too after listening to his story. He's currently signed to MyPW, which is Malaysian Pro Wrestling. He's originally from Kuala Lumpur, and he now lives in Melbourne. So he also wrestles with Melbourne City Wrestling. His name is Aman the Kid. What is going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good, my man. And what about you? Not too bad, dude. Not too bad. Look, as I said, I've been a fan of your work for ages, uh, the thing that grabs me about you is that you in a way you're kind of the underdog you're you're a little bit smaller than the rest of the guys but man you can you can fly like there's no tomorrow and I absolutely love that in in a wrestler and not backing down from any kind of challenge as well now look you you are very young and you debuted at quite a young age uh and it was in back in 2014 at Malaysian Pro Wrestling. So tell us a little bit about that, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, honestly, before my debut, I don't, I don't even want to call it my debut, honestly. We had um, four days prior before our first match. I'm, I'm air-quoting match. <laughs> we had four days to prepare, and it was in a, in a Muay Thai ring. So I was, I was bumping on a Muay Thai ring when I was 14 years old. And that would probably last till for like two years until we got a proper ring. Um, but from then on, I, I honestly, if I didn't find the ad on Facebook that, that was wrestling in Malaysia, I don't think I would be able to do this today, honestly. Because the ad just kind of came on by chance. Because there was no wrestling in Malaysia ever until that day but you know i was uh i was the first four i was the first four students for my pw and i was 2014 i was 13 years old bumping on one tire rings and kind of i kind of regret half of it now because now i can't really walk properly and i feel <laughs> honestly i feel old <laughs> oh man look i love it like you 
obviously being still so young and you've, you've made that move from Kuala Lumpur, obviously to Melbourne to kind of expand your avenues and expand your career even more. How do you find that lifestyle being obviously active still on the MyPW roster and on the MCW roster at such a young age, how do you find traveling back and forth between the two to still work for both companies? Honestly, it's pretty surreal to me that, you know, in my first year moving to Melbourne last year, I was able to do a couple of shows for Melbourne city wrestling. Cause uh, before I came uh, to Australia, uh, I think the only Australian wrestling I've seen was MCW and uh, uh, PWA. So being able to wrestle for MCW in my first year of staying in Australia was pretty insane. But uh, moving, flying back and forth from uh, my PW and uh, MCW is uh, actually not, honestly not that hard when there wasn't a virus. Because, you know, when I flew back to Malaysia, it was for holidays too. And I would probably stay there for a couple of months and then come back to Australia till, uh, you know, during holidays. I mean, after the holidays, I fly back to Malaysia. Um, but because of this virus, <laughs> I haven't been able to fly back home at all this year. And, you know, hopefully I can fly back uh, during Christmas. But, you know, we'll see. But for so far... It's been it's been pretty cool wrestling for both companies actively. Uh, I kind of want to, you know, advertise uh, my PW and Southeast Asian wrestling to the Australian fans, and then uh, MCW and the rest of the Australian wrestling to Southeast Asian fans. So I kind of want to act as uh, as a bridge between those two. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was literally going to lead into my next question. Was kind of <laughs> if you can tell us a little bit more about the the Southeast Asia wrestling scene, because obviously Australian wrestling fans, we might not know too much about that scene. So kind of fill us in a little bit on, on the go over there. Um, honestly, the Southeast Asian wrestling scene hasn't been there for that long. Um, give or take we, the Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, uh, everywhere in Southeast Asia. Our wrestling has only been around for maybe, let's say, six to eight years. So in my, in my head, I still think that we're still in our infancy stage. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about, like, uh, them watching Australian wrestling back in Southeast Asia. And now recently, a lot of, uh, a lot of Australian people are watching uh, Southeast Asian wrestling. So we're not, you know, our countries are not that far apart and we are kind of, you know, somehow neighbors. And it's pretty cool that uh, we're slowly trying to uh, figure out more about Australian wrestling. And for you guys, I try to slowly figure out there's wrestling in Southeast Asia, which is insane. Because uh, honestly, we're still, well, my PW has been here for almost, uh, I don't know, six to seven years. But we're still in our infancy stage and we want to kind of work towards the same goals as Australian wrestling has. Because uh, I, I know you guys have worked like really, really hard. I don't know, maybe decades or whatnot, right? And uh, that's what we want to uh, do too. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Look, is there anyone 
in particular in the Southeast Asia scene that you, you really like working with or anyone that you mesh with well and enjoy putting on matches with? Um, I've got three in mind straight away. I've got uh, my coach, Shao Kut, from uh, my PW. I've got my good friend, Jayway Eagle, from my PW. And I've got uh, Greg Glorious. Well, his name's Enboss Gregory in Grapple Max from Singapore. So those are my top three that straight away comes to my head when uh, someone mentions that. Absolutely, man. Look, the golden boy gimmick. We, we have to talk about this. What, what brought that on and how... <laughs> How have you embraced it? And I feel, I just have to say that I feel like the hair was such a vital part of that too. And now <laughs> I'm looking at you now and the hair's gone, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone was upset when I cut my hair, but uh, you know, it'll, it'll grow back. Mm. Um, so before I had my golden boy gaming, I was honestly, I was just Emma the kid. A uh, plucky young boy who likes to wrestle. So that was that was mostly my character for the maybe maybe four, three years of my career. And then I suddenly I wanted to change a bit. I felt maybe what what works well with me. Well, I was um, you know I was brought up pretty well in a good childhood. I had a lot of things uh, given to me, and. Uh, you know, I go to like international schools, uh, I fly around, I basically, I was born with like, what, what did it say, a silver spoon? So I was like, okay, all right, something rich, something that has to do with money. Mm, I like mm, gold, golden, mm, golden boy, that's the term that people use when they like you, they choose you, right? So, okay, let's say since I'm going to Australia, uh, this was a year prior before I moved, okay. If I go to Australia, people are gonna people of Southeast Asia is gonna support me. They want me to succeed. They want me to represent Malaysia or like Southeast Asia. I'm like, okay, golden boy. Golden boy. And then I try to bring in a bit of more uh, Malaysian influences, a bit of uh, Southeast Asian influences. And it slowly became from like just an obnoxious like rich kid to instead uh, slowly into like a flag bearer for Southeast Asian wrestling. Uh, in Australia and all around the world, that people want me to represent us. I, honestly, I love the gimmick personally, and I think it suits you to a T. So I'm so glad that you took on that gimmick because it's <laughs> it's literally perfect, man. Now, in Melbourne, you are training at a place called Vicious Pursuit. That is so hard to say. Uh, under Carlo Cannon. And I know that a while back, DCT was also a teacher there, but he's since moved back to Scotland and doing all the stuff over there. But training under Carlo Cannon, how have you found that? What have you learned from him that you can take into the future? Um, learning from Carlo Cannon and like DCT and all the other guys, I honestly felt I learned a lot. Because uh, I think Southeast Asia, we're still new. So we're still learning along the way. But coming here, I learned a couple of things that I did not even know beforehand. And it's pretty cool that they have lots and lots of knowledge. Like, honestly, Kao has maybe like 14, 15 years worth of wrestling knowledge that is all cramped up into like one man. 
you can get so many things and so many like explanations and answers from him that you know he's like a walking walking dictionary honestly for wrestling and it's like it's pretty cool to like pick out his brain and like uh you know sometimes talk to him or message him and then you can just pick your pick out his brains and like i'm going on and on but honestly it's it's honestly pretty cool that uh coming over here and getting so much new knowledge that i didn't even know uh, when i was just wrestling in malaysia now we can't talk about carlo without talking about the suplex that was heard oh, around no. the world now tell us a little bit about that man because some people may not know it if you don't know it was a suplex that was absolutely ridiculous and went crazy viral to the stage where it was shared millions and millions of times and who's Whose kind of idea was it and how, how did that originate and turn into such a big thing? Oh man, honestly, um, the German suplex was, uh, was a normal move set for Carlo. Like I think he's done it a couple of times where he throws people like not that far, but you know, high. So during the match, um, prior to the match, he was like, okay, whatever you do, I just need you to jump uh, vertically. I'm like, all right. All right, let's do it. We didn't even practice and nothing. Just talked about it. And then when it comes to the match, he catches me in the corner. I think if you watch the clip back, you can hear me say, oh, shit. And that's like immediate fear. And I was like, okay. Just jump vertically, right? Just jump up. All right. I jumped a bit. I was in the air. I was like, hmm. Why am I so high in the air why am i in the air for so long and you can see in the clip i slowly look to the side i'm like where's the floor and then i just bam right on like my neck <laughs> right on my neck i folded oh my god watching the clip i i remember i was up in the air for like a good couple of seconds and i slowly turned to the right and bam but um honestly i was fine you know, it was it was super safe. It just looked like I died, and <laughs> <laughs> that got a lot of attention, which is which was pretty cool. But uh, the next day, I had the worst like neck pain of my life. I had I couldn't even like I had to roll out of bed. I couldn't even walk. I had to roll out of bed. I had to like crawl myself into my car, drive to like a physiotherapist like at like in the morning, and I had to get a dry needle stuck in between like my my neck and like my back ouch man look if it was good fun if there was anything positive to come out of that was obviously the publicity around it uh it shone a light on my p-dub and you also ended up making it into a t-shirt so can't complain about that exactly i mean you guys can buy the t-shirt at wrestlermerch.com shout out i like it <laughs> Oh man. Um, matches against Robbie Eagles seems to be something that is just unbelievable chemistry between you two. I know just before I was watching the one at MyPW, uh, available on YouTube, uh, under MyPW's YouTube account, another shout out there. And I also was in attendance for the one at Endgame at MCW last year. And 
I think I lost count of the amount of times you got kicked in the head and slapped that it was not funny. So tell us a little bit about those matches and what it's like working with Robbie. Oh man, working with Robbie has been the best times uh, ever in my wrestling career in Australia. I think I first wrestled him uh, in a triple threat with uh, JK Moody in Adelaide. And that was my first match in Australia. And it was the main event. And I got to face Robbie Eagles and JK Moody. And I won the match. That is my first match. I don't think I can ever say that that can top my first match. Um, and then wrestling Robbie again in, a, I think it was Malaysia first before MCW. Malaysia was pretty cool. I think that was his first time in Malaysia. Uh, I remember getting slapped a lot of times in that match, honestly. Um, getting kicked. <laughs> but I, I, get, I get beaten up a lot in matches. I just noticed. <laughs> but yeah, I think specifically during that match, I remember getting slapped a lot. Uh, I think it was pretty cool for the Malaysian fans to, to watch uh, someone the caliber of Robbie Eagles and being from New Japan Pro Wrestling. That, that was a special treat for them. And I think they really want Robbie to come down again and, you know, Maybe Osprey. Mm. Oh, yes. See, um, I think the MCW Endgame. You were, since you were there, I think the most notable uh, thing during that match was me getting kicked in the chest. Like I think, like you know, you know which one. Yep. It sounded yep. like, a, like a gunshot, like a gunshot. Um, yeah. So getting kicked like a gunshot, and then the um, the top rope backpack. Thingy and getting kicked in the head, um, the super kick in the face. That was uh, that was not nice, but it was. It, you know, it's it's so fun wrestling with Robbie because I feel like um, I don't know. I I look up to him in uh, Australian wrestling. I think he was the first guy that uh, I found out about Australian wrestling. He was the first guy was Robbie Eagles. So being able to you know call him a friend. And um, being able to like talk to him and ask him stuff or pick some knowledge out of him, uh, probably anytime I want, which is pretty cool. And uh, I wish to fight him again soon. Absolutely, man. And there's there's something that I have to point out in those matches. <clears throat> Sorry, lost my voice for a second. Which is I think is pretty cool. You had you have a kind of a spot that you go back and forth with, whether it's whether you're in Australia or Malaysia. And you do the either welcome to Malaysia punk or welcome to Australia punk. I, I love that bit. Whose, whose idea was it for that one? Or did it just kind of flow with the matches? It was, <laughs> um, it was actually my first match in Adelaide. Uh, it was against, yeah, the triple threat. And there was a, there was a spot where Robbie kicks me in the chest. Like, um, and before he does the big one, he was like, welcome to Australia punk. I'm like, all right, okay. And then uh, when we did it in Malaysia, it somehow like during the match, it just, I stood like frozen for like a millisecond. I'm like, mm, what can I do? Let me say that line. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't planned. It was, uh, it was by instinct. And then kind of, honestly, it was pretty cool. And I like, so, like continuously, I start using it again, again. Uh, it's pretty cool catch line. 
catchphrase before doing, you know, the Black Mass. So tell me, man, what does the future hold for Aman the Kid? Like, where do you see yourself in Australia, across the world? What do you want to do with your clearly very bright future? Mm, well, my end goal would be, maybe not my end goal, but one of the biggest goals I want to do is, uh, you know, wrestle overseas and under contract and whatnot and doing this for a living. Uh, I also... I. Re- one of my goals is, is also to like, you know, again, create the bridge between Southeast Asian wrestling and uh, Australian wrestling or the wrestling across the world. That is one of my biggest goals that I really want to achieve uh, while I'm still wrestling. I want to make people know that, yeah, there's wrestling in Malaysia, there's wrestling in Singapore, there's wrestling in Philippines, and we are actually really, really good. So I want to get some eyes on us. And also, you know, again, I want to, wrestle uh, as many shows that I want in Australia. I want to wrestle all over the world. Um, you know, not just in Melbourne, but, you know, like Sydney and Adelaide and whatnot before I fly back home to Malaysia, maybe give or take another two years in Melbourne. Absolutely, man. Look, I, I personally can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I think you have such a bright future in this industry, you are one of the most talented young performers that I have personally seen. And I'm sure everyone will try and get around your work after hopefully listening to this podcast. Uh, and yeah, honestly, can't thank you enough, man. So thank you for joining us, dude. Thank you for having me, man. There you have it, guys. That is our chat with Aman the Kid. Make sure to check him out on all social media platforms. We will drop the links below. Make sure to check out his Wrestler merch store. He's got some awesome t-shirts on there. Head out, support local wrestlers, especially during the time of COVID-19 because obviously there's not a whole lot going on in the wrestling world. So we've got to make sure to still support these guys. I personally had such an awesome time chatting to Aman today. I turned into a little bit of a fangirl at the end there, I realized, and just started praising the masses. But, you know, I guess that's what happens when we're all just fans of this industry. So had a great time chatting today. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will see you guys on the next episode of Beyond the Buckle.